0: Hello
1: everybody, welcome to the show, and welcome to episode 103. Alright guys, so we're doing this one a little late, even though you won't know because it'll come out at a different time, but um probably the latest one I've done in a while which is not a bad thing. I'm just I needed something to do and I've been trying to get this person on and uh she has a real story to tell and um you know I was looking her up and you know I was like yeah she has to come on and you know of course things got switched around but we're doing it today. Um but uh yeah I really wanted to have her on so can you um you know to uh, tell us your name and obviously just a little about yourself?
2: Yeah, my name's Dawn Cady. I live in Australia. And I'm a psychotherapist by trade, but I help people with chronic pain. How to overcome it mentally, physically, emotionally. I guide people on how to pull themselves out of some of the darkest places they've visited mentally in their life.
1: Right. Oh, one of the yeah. things that I, I really enjoyed about your story. Cause there's people that I've looked up, especially on that site or just everywhere. And I see people will say like, I'm an expert at this. And then you see that they really don't have any past history on what this is. And obviously you have, and those yeah. are the people that I trust because look, you can go to school for whatever you want and you can learn a lot and you can know some stuff. But when it comes to things like this, especially trying to be an expert on help people cope and try to overcome their Uh, physical pain, their chronic illnesses, you actually kind of really need to know what that feels like and what that, you know, entails. Um, And so that's why you're kind of the perfect person to talk about it because you have gone through so
2: much. Exactly right. I didn't, um, I wasn't a psychotherapist and then got the pain. I had the pain, got myself out of it and trained to be a psychotherapist because I realized that the only solution given to people in chronic pain, be that physical, mental or emotional is a prescription drug (laughs) and go see a counselor who has not had experience in what you're experiencing. And for me personally, unless you have gone through the darkest depths of depression and anxiety, PTSD, you name it. I don't think that you can really understand or know where the person is at and where, they're going and how to help them unless you've been there i don't think you can guide anybody unless you've had the actual physical experience of it that's that's the truth i think like you said you're reading a book that's brilliant you can support people to a level but to really meet someone really meet them where they're at you have to have gone somewhere near there you have to have actually experienced it yourself Mm. Right. Uh, just so
1: people know she's outside. That's why you hear birds. Um, but yes, because yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, it threw me off earlier. Um, but, um, no, yeah, it's cause I know people that are, are like caseworkers and they, they help people with visual impairment or just disabilities. And it's like, some of them are great, but you're not going to be able to affect them. And get those people to understand you and trust you as much as if you, if someone came to their house and to take care, help take care of them or educate them who have the same condition or, or similar to them. Um, because like I said, when you go through, yes, like what you were saying with the darkest places, especially mentally, because most people don't want to admit the worst things in their brains. Um, and we all want to think that everyone's perfect and you know, and life's beautiful and all that horse shit, but that's not how it goes. And we all have horrible thoughts in our minds. It's just a lot of us don't have to go there. A lot of us just, some of it's just silliness or whatever we, something we got from a dream or whatever. But overall, when we go down that, it's usually when we're in a really bad place. Um, And our minds just go to the worst of places and it drags you down further and further. And and it's hard to kind of see, you know, whatever the metaphorical light at the end of the tunnel. That's exactly
2: right. And that, And I believe that my greatest gift is I can see the gifts in what people are experiencing and I can hold that space for them without going, yeah, but you must see it this way. It's got to be this way. I hold the space for when they're ready and then I share it with them or I show them or they realize it themselves and that allows them to gain power and trust within themselves that you know what, no matter how bad it gets, I still have my own back. and reminding people of that because we forget that. I personally forgot that multiple times where I forget, you know what, there's still an amount of trust within myself that I trust a part of what I'm experiencing, what I'm feeling and what I'm hearing. I'm trusting that I still have control on some elements, might not have full control. And it's looking at the light instead of just observing the darkness all of the time. So we live in a world of polarity. And what that means is there's light and dark, there's good and bad, there's right and wrong. And in that, you've got to ride the waves of both. But what tends to happen is when people don't understand what you're going through and what you're experiencing, they're projecting and trying to get you to look at the light before you've looked at the dark. You've got to look at the dark, but you've also got to look at the light. You've got to look at both of them. They exist together. That right and wrong, good or bad, without one, there is no other. How do you know what right is if there's no wrong? How do you know what good is if there's no bad? There's no comparison. So we have to look at both ends of the spectrum. And sometimes you've got to sit in the dark a long time before you can even allow yourself to even entertain that there's light. And it's knowing when it's right for you to look at the light. That's the most difficult part that I find when people do this alone. They get consumed by the darkness. And then when the light comes in, they're almost, and it's named bipolar, <laughs> they almost go to the extreme of the light. But it's not. It's just you trying to find balance with inside of yourself because you've been in so much darkness that you're trying to even that out and you're coming to homeostasis within yourself. Do so you experience the light in a, a very dramatic way. And that's where they've given the label of bipolar. All that is, is you trying to find balance within yourself. And when you understand this and you understand yourself and you understand your psyche, it takes the fear away. It takes a lot of the fear away. There's a lot of stuff that's out there is fear-driven so that you take pharmaceutical drugs, that you line the pockets of the the um, legal drug cartels, let's call it. <laughs> right, yeah.
1: No, I, I love what yeah. you, you said earlier about you know, you have like a really commendable tactic of how you approach them because if you also come even if you do have a similar experience and you go in there and go on like well I went through this I went and it almost seems like because you're in a better place than they are at that moment you're kind of better than them which is not what you do but exactly. and and they'll feel that way but if you if you kind of listen to them and get to know them because even if you went through the same type of accidents and same trauma and everything they're still a different person. They still live a different life. They have different people in their, you know, in their circle. And, you know, their situation is still different in some way, shape or form. So you can't just approach it like, well, I am, you know, I'm, I'm going through the same thing. So I completely understand. You understand to whatever a 75, 80% degree, but you know, you don't understand fully. Um, no. And so you have to, you know, you you don't make it about yourself, even though you went through it. And I, I think, that's one of the things when, when I was telling you off air just about having trying to reach people with disabilities because some of us need to speak up. That a lot of us don't really we're we're going through, we're so consumed by our own problems that we don't really want to help others. And when we sometimes we want to help others, we kind of make it about ourselves. And use I mean again we it's good to use your experience to kind of bring them in and to understand you. But if you completely just come in and go like yeah me 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 me. You know, you're defeating the purpose of of fighting the cause and, and, and speaking up. And if you don't, like, open your mind to all aspects and try to understand people, um, you're probably not going to have the success that, obviously, you have had.
2: No, well, it's part of the healing process. When you go through it, you want to help people to help yourself. It's part of a healing process. Yeah. It's actually... Not- it's completely natural and normal that when you're in it that you want to help other people because it helps you that there comes a point where you say you know what now is the time that I profoundly and deeply help people by teaching them how to understand themselves and how to heal themselves I don't heal anybody teacher. I teach people how to understand themselves and heal themselves and anybody who tells you that they can heal you I'm in great doubt of that because the only person who's in your body 24-7 who understands what you're going through, knows the voices, the words that you're saying to yourself, the horrendous experiences that you've been through is you. So the only person who can heal you is you.
1: Right.
2: No one else can. They just hold the space for you and give you wisdom and knowledge. And I believe that my greatest gift is the fact that I have gone through so much stuff and experienced so much stuff on every single level that I can hold compassion and I can hold the space that, yes, I've been there, and yes, I'm somewhere amazing right now and incredible, and yes, I have shit days. Yeah. Of course I have shit days. That's the human experience. That's, where That's the whole point of life. It's polarity. You experience the good with the bad, and it's learning how to experience the good and the bad the same, not polarizing one and making one wrong and making one bad and hard. It's going, it is what it is. I know that I'll get through, I've got through worse and when I can hold the space for someone and say, Look, do you know what? I've wanted to kill myself and sometimes you've got to sit with it. Yeah. And sometimes you've got to realise, do I really wanna do I really wanna end my life or is it because this is so fucking painful right now? I don't wanna be in it. Yeah. Is that the truth of what's happening here? Or is it that I just feel so much of a burden, because this was me personally I feel so much of a burden. I feel so useless. I feel like I'm causing more pain in everybody else's life around me than I am bringing anything else. Mm. So it'd be just best if I left. Yeah. I honestly thought it'd be just better if I left. And and that seemed completely rational. And when I sat with it and sat with it for hours and sat in the pain of it, I realized that my husband wouldn't be better off without me. It'd destroy him. My son, not knowing his mum. She ended her life when he was 16 months old. I mean, but when you're in it, it's hard to find that rational voice. Yeah. It really is. No,
1: absolutely. Um, so let's put a bookmark in, obviously, what you do right now. We'll kind of work our way on how you got to that. Um, can you talk about some of the chronic pain and, you know, kind of where it started and obviously just yeah, all the development that's come over the years?
2: Absolutely. So I started suffering when I was about one I found that out from my grandma my mum's passed away now but when I was about one apparently that's when the pain started it started off with ear infection and constant ear infections. then it went to nose constantly bleeding and then it went to throat issues stomach issues and just all of the time it just got worse and worse to the point when I was 16 my kidneys started failing then when I was um, 18 I started to get really really ill with my bowels. then when I was 22 I became so ill that I almost died my organs went into failure and I was diagnosed with a disease mm-hmm. and from that disease I was left unable to walk because obviously my organs were shutting down my body was failing I lost the use of my limb start to rehabilitate and rebuild myself so that'd be the first time that I'd have to learn how to walk again and then I was on 32 tablets a day and I just, it didn't feel right. I'm like, why am I taking all these drugs and I'm taking drugs for the side effects of the drugs. This doesn't seem right. It didn't sit right. And I started to have this distrust in the hospital because multiple times it almost killed me with the wrong drugs or misdiagnosing or telling my parents I had an alcohol issue when I was 16, when my kidneys started going to failure when really I had an unknown disease that had not been diagnosed and wouldn't get diagnosed until I was pregnant. And I just started to have this this distrust for the medical community. Now, don't get me wrong. I think they're incredible for acute. If you have a car accident, you know, if you break a leg, if you anything like that, acute, I think they're absolutely incredible. But when it comes to chronic long-term, they only know how to help you stay alive. They don't know how to help you live. And that's a major difference. And that's what I found in my own, Time of healing is its just quick, fixed solutions which don't work. Mm-hmm. And then you beat yourself up thinking it's you. Right. But it's not. It doesn't work for hardly anybody. I've hardly met a single person in chronic pain where opioids just help them long term. Helps them for a period of time and then it gets them addicted. Right. Helps them I feel, like, them I feel yeah. like that
0: one bird is translating what you're saying to all the other birds.
2: Yeah, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> um nature's very healing TJ very very healing in no,
0: I believe you. No, you're right. Um mm. yeah, I mean and that's the thing there's even with medication some medication is good for some people. I mean everything isn't good for everyone, everything isn't bad for everyone. So it's right. you know and you know, the medication can really screw you up one way or another. Um and you know, especially you're at a young age and you're trying to figure out who you are, and you got all these damn problems. Um, and you know, you're at an age where you you you're starting to know things, but you don't. You know, you're 16. You don't know that much. You haven't had that much life experience. You had a lot happen in yeah. those 16 years, but in general, you're still relying on your family and doctors and whoever to tell you kind of how you should run the show. Um, but you know, you've had enough life experience in yeah. that time where you're starting to kind of be curious on, you know, what else is out there and, and what like what I'm doing, is it right or is it wrong? And you know, your curiosity is probably what really helped you.
2: curiosity is medicine on its own. <laughs> curiosity is so healing. I teach that in many in many things I always say interesting. Whenever you find yourself in a loop of downward spiral, as soon as you say interesting, you actually switch the chemicals in your brain. And it comes from a place of, huh, curiosity. I wonder what that's about. And it lights the entire brain up and it switches and shifts you out of deep states of depression. When you can look at it from curiosity, it's a profound and powerful tool is curiosity. It really is. Because you start to see things from your perspective and not other people's. And this is a major thing. We listen to too many people when we should really only listen to ourselves.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. We know ourselves better than anybody else if we give ourselves the time to get to know ourselves, but we don't. We look at other people to give us insight to who we are and what we're experiencing and why we're experiencing it. And that's because we've not been taught at school. In school, we've been taught that it's not going to really help you through life. It's not. We're not given tools and techniques to help you navigate through life. And when that is missing, that's a huge component of growing up. And if you have disabilities and you've not been given the foundations of how to navigate this world and life, you've come from being a child to then thrust into adulthood with going, um, okay, what, why am I feeling like this? Why is this happening? Why am I crying? Why am I scared? Why have I got anxiety? And you've got all these questions right. and you don't know who to ask. Because you think, oh, is it just me who has these questions? Yeah, Is it just is it just me feeling this way or is there other people? And I remember feeling too scared. But I clearly remember when I was discharged from hospital and I had to go to the doctors every week to go get tests to see if my kidney and liver function was right. And I'm like, there's something not right here. In order to keep my bowel, I am needing to make sure that my kidney and liver are not dying. Like, this makes no sense. It made no sense. I was like, this makes no sense. So I'm putting at risk two organs that I actually can't live without. I can't live without my liver. Mm-hmm. I Yes, I can live without my kidneys, but it's not going to be much of a life. Nope. Being on dialysis all of the time. So why am I doing that? To keep a bowel? It makes no sense. And when I started with researching and looking into that, I decided to come off with everything. And I argued with the doctors. I'm 23, I think I was 23, 24 years of age, and I'm arguing with the doctors, and they're going, you don't know. I said, but what do you know? They're going, yeah, but you don't know. I'm a doctor. And I went, I don't want to hear that you're a doctor. I'm telling you right now. Give me the logic of why I am keeping my bowel, but in the process, I'm taking 32 tablets a day that make me feel like shit, and I have to go get tests to see if my kidney and liver... Function is fine right. Where does that make sense I'll And get, they couldn't answer it I'll give you a
0: quick <laughs> example of how that's similar I mean I've had things yeah. like that as well But one of them just, just from the eyes point of it Whereas I remember A uh, doctor was saying We could get this one surgery um, But um, You know we have to kind of get around a lot of the scar tissue And he said well the scar tissue is caused Mainly from surgeries And I'm like well aren't we doing another surgery And he's like, yeah, I was like, well, how does that make any sense? The surgeries are causing a lot of the scar tissue and you want me to cause more scar tissue. It's like, it, it got to the point, like you have to start to like, and again, maybe it would have worked, maybe it wouldn't have, but it just completely like stood out to me. it's like, like, again, my insurance was going to cover it. So it wasn't like they were going to make money off of me per se, but it was just one of those, like, how much am I putting myself in more risk and like, should I really consider this? And then, at some point, I just, you know, kind of mentally just checked out of it and said, no, I'm good. I don't want to do this because it made no sense to me.
2: That's incredible. It's so true. It, it, those little things, and it's looking at those little things and questioning them. That's where you start to become empowered and where you start to gain your power. It's not even gain your power back. Call your power back because your power is with the doctors. And when your power is with the doctors, then you feel obliged to listen to them and they know better than you and if you don't listen to them then you're being um reckless because that's what I've been accused of is being reckless on multiple occasions and I'm like, Am I being reckless or am I asking you questions that are confrontational and you don't have answers to them. So you're putting back on me that I'm reckless.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah someone someone yeah. said to me the other day they heard one of my episodes and they were like, Wow you really ask questions that might be really offensive or, or what? And I'm like, no, I just, I understand what a lot of people are going through. I've been there. I don't understand fully, but I understand what they're going through. And it's like, I'm not afraid to ask a question that most people should ask because I'm trying to educate people. And you know, yeah, you're going to take some risk, but what's the worst case scenario. What's going to happen? Someone turns you down. Someone says no, whatever the yellow, it's like, I'd rather be as like transparent and as honest as I can. And, and, Try to actually help a person, and try to not just help the person I'm talking to, but also help the people that listen. Because again, my goal is to make make it sure excuse me make sure people don't feel alone out there. And there are people who have a similar story to you, whether it's where you're from or the, the conditions you've had, and they just feel alone that they don't have anyone that is a role model or anyone that can look to and say, wow, that person is just like me. And I, I'm, I'm not alone anymore. Now I can get up and feel better about myself. Um, and the only way you're going to do that is actually cut all the bullshit out and just be honest and try to get to all the problems and, and just put everything on the table and say, where do we go from here? Uh, and then solve shit. But if you keep everything inside or you, you, you know, you, you don't get it all out there, you're not going to, you're not going to fix anything
2: exactly right. So true. And it's so funny that you say that bullshit. I actually say I call my friends a no bullshit way to heal yourself because there is so much There is so much bullshit out there. Oh, you got to cut through the noise and just say, you have to come back to yourself. You have to come back to yourself. No matter what you go out there externally looking for, you must come back to yourself. That's the truth of it.
0: Yeah, I, I've out loud told, T- I was like, TJ, shut the fuck up. Because I, I would be thinking these <laughs> thoughts that are, like, ridiculous. Uh, and this isn't even in, like, the worst of, like, when I was really deep into my depression and mental health. But, like, just days where, like, I'm actually having a halfway decent day, but my mind wants to take me to, well, but oh, don't forget that this is going to happen or this, you haven't solved this problem yet. Or, you know, you didn't pay off your credit card. You didn't do that. And it's like, all right. Please shut the hell up. We're good. Let's gonna sh- take a shower. We're alive. We're breathing. We're walking. I can see some. You know, like you have to kind of, you have to really get to the root of all your problems. And if you sugarcoat shit, especially when you have a disability or mental health, you have to really get to the problem. And you, you know, again, this is how we also get rid of the shame part. Like we have to come to terms with everything is our problem, and and our mind is one of the first things that becomes the problem because. We're so used to, you know, a certain way of living and how people perceive us and all that. And it's like, if you don't just cut all the shit out and it, like for you, like when you approach these people, you can't just go in and just go, Hey guys, you know, tell us how you tell us what you, you know, in small doses, how you feel. It's like, you have to really get to the center of it. Cause if you, if you sugarcoat it again, you're not going to, you're not solving anything.
2: Not all. I completely agree. And there's a great misconception about the mind as well. We've been programmed by a lot of things in our lives to look into what we've not done, what we must do, what we should do. <clears throat> and a lot of that is other people's projections, thoughts and beliefs of how you should live your life. <laughs> and it's not your voice. It's other people's voices spinning around in your head and you identify with them because someone told you at some point that that's who you were.
0: Right. And you're always comparing yourself to others.
2: Exactly. So listening to that voice is you listening to that horrible person who said something to you many years ago that you've kept hold of, identifying with it and believing it was true. If you believe it's true, then you'll make it true. If you don't believe it's true, then you won't. It won't even touch you. You'll just be completely oblivious and unaware of it. Yeah. You decide what's true about you. Don't let anybody else dictate who you are and how you should show up in the world. Right. And uh, if we're on the swearing, it's none of our fucking business. Right.
0: <laughs> well, I don't, you know I don't I mean? know how it is where you are, but here, you know, we have this thing called cancel culture where we want to cancel people for any dumb shit they said thirty years ago, and and you know, it's 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 very unfortunate because again, there are some really crappy people out there that say really stupid stuff, but. You know, you tick and take anything out of context, but when you, when you're going through physical pain, um, like you and I have, for me, one of the things I went through, cause I know you don't know me that well, but I had, at one point had no skin, all my skin had burned off, um, due to the condition oh. I had. And it's like, that's some agonizing pain. And I can't explain that to a person by saying, Oh shooty it, my skin hurted, like I have to explain it in a way that I explain it because sometimes my grandma will listen because there's certain people or certain episodes and she'll go, you curse too much. And it's like, grandma, I only can emphasize and explain certain ways just through my physical pain, through my emotional pain. I have to just convey it to the audience just because it's it's not happy. Um, I'm here and I'm happy that I'm still here, but I can't just say, you know, my skin fell off and la-di-da. It's just, it's not how it is. Um, And I still wake up you know, with certain chronic pain and certain, you know, of course my eye condition. And there are days where I just say, fuck it. I don't want to be awake, but I push through it and I find a way, but I'm not going to see, like, I don't want to pretend to the audience or to anyone in my life anymore that I'm just like, everything's great. And and that's because it's a false way of living. And I'd rather just be myself. And and again, if some people don't, if you don't want to accept me or you don't like how I come across, that's fine. You never have to listen or even acknowledge me, but you know, you have to just be yourself because for so long for me anyway, I was trying to be, you know, not me. I was trying to just be accepted by anyone because I was bullied in school or at early age and all. And, you know, of course, being a, having a disability, I wasn't really accepted and, and, and all that. And, you know, you just feel beneath everybody. And so you get to a certain point where so much hardened, like, you know, again, you get thicker skin, but your whole, like aura and energy, you get harder to what the world can throw at you. And it obviously more can just bounce off you now, but there's also a certain attitude you kind of carry. There's a certain, you know, swagger, a certain thing about you. You have to kind of be tough through this world because the world is tough towards anyone, let alone a person with a disability. But you have to, you know, most people don't know what you went through or what I went through. So, and they, they can't even fathom it, even if they say they can. So when we're we're getting through life and we're trying to explain to people, we can only explain it through our pain. We can't just you know, and, and just visualization. We can't just say, you know, my, my leg hurts or whatever. Cause you know, of course people, that's what people can kind of resonate. Oh, your leg hurts. My, I've, I've had that. it's like, no, you don't really understand, but you know, you have to have uh, what I'm trying to say is you have to really, um, you have to really just be forthcoming and just put it out there for the world and just say,
1: look, this is all I went through. I'm still here. And I, and like for me with the podcast, I never tell people like when I did an episode on mental health and I talked about my suicide attempt and everything I went through, I, I, I said at the end, like, look, by no means am I beating this. This is like an addiction. Uh, someone who's addicted, like they'll, they're always an addict. Well, I'm always a person that's going to battle mental health, but I'm not ashamed of it. You know, you want to call me crazy or any of that shit, go ahead. But you don't understand how many people that you probably know are going through it. And, um, and so, like I said, you just, you got to be honest again, back to the beginning of like, we have to be honest with yourself and for you, like you were you you know, we're doing somewhat similar things and we're trying to help people at the end of the day. And it's like, but you can't do what you're doing without being honest with what you went through and, and who you are now, because if you don't, how the hell are you supposed to help these people? Because these people are in really bad, some of them I'm sure in really bad shape, uh, maybe even worse off than you were.
2: Yep, that's right. And um, if all... I just want to revisit a couple of points that you've shared in regards to... There's a lot of programming out there for swearing. Swearing is very healing. Very, very healing.
1: Yeah, it can be. And we've been... It's
2: been tabooed. Oh, it's a bad thing. Oh, you shouldn't sweat. It's very healing.
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's also...
2: healing. And if you...
0: No, it's also just like whatever works for you, like exercise, like how masturbation works for some people, like seriously, whatever works for you,
1: like, you know, there's people that go to church, there's people that their animals help them out, there's, you know, whatever it is, There's people shoot guns, like at, like at targets and stuff, whatever helps you get through the next day or the next hour, like how can I tell you not to do it? Obviously, unless you're out trying to commit crimes, like, you know, shit like, shit like that. But if you're just like in your house or you're doing something productive that helps you breathe again, then, you know, if if it's swearing, then curse all you want.
2: Yep, I completely agree. And the thing about swearing is it's actually a different part of your brain. So it's almost, and that's why people are offended by it, because it, it wakes a part of your brain up that's generally dormant. But swearing activates that part of the brain. It's it's actually chemically healing. <laughs> It produces serotonin, it produces chemicals to swearing. It's that relief, it's the relief. Yeah. It's actually proven that it, um, it's a very healing process. Mm-hmm. So we've been indoctrinated to believe that swearing is rude and that it's offensive when the truth of it is it's very healing. That's the absolute truth of it. Mm-hmm. Why should a word be um, offensive if it's not being used to offend someone? Right, yeah. And again, Think about that. Why should it be offensive if it's not to offend anyone? It's not offensive, then, is it? Any word can be offensive if it's used to offend someone.
1: Yeah. And, and well, this is the thing. Context doesn't matter anymore, it doesn't seem. Like, context is just no. kind of thrown in the garbage. And you just, if you say something, even if it's in your household, someone recorded and the context was in a joke format, it's like, oh. They're a racist or homophobic, or whatever. it's like I don't even understand because you take so. I mean, you could take this whole interview out of context, and I'm sure you could piece something together that makes <laughs> both of us look horrible. Yeah. They could have said I was making fun of those birds, so I hate animals. Like I don't know. Like they could yeah. just yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Um,
1: and I know.
2: And we've been brought up on that. yeah, we've been brought up on that. Oh, yeah, yeah, snippets of information is being shared with us so we're appalled and disgusted by other people's behaviors but if we knew the whole story of it we'd have a completely different light and i think that that's what you're trying to achieve with disability disability has been pretty much hidden and suppressed and and then now it's like we need to give it a voice yeah and that's i, I believe that that's what your quest is am i right by that tj
1: yeah but I think to me the one of the things that I've come to love what I'm doing beyond just talking to people like you is I'm not perfect like in in a way of hold on, my cat's playing with some paper cat um but it's I'm not perfect, and I'm showing you the the unperfect sides of me. I show you everything that I went through, the things I've done, good or bad, and I'm also telling you that I'm not sitting here saying I'm the most like confident in my disability and I'm not you know I'm the like I'm just so content with it I'm just so rah rah disability it's just I'm trying to get there and I'm trying to let people know that it's okay that you're you do have shame it's okay that you do have you know mental health you do have all these things that you've gone through because I've been through so much traumatic shit that I it it's not going to take you know, I, I might not even at the end of my life, I might not even ever get fully where I want to be, but I'm going to try like hell to get there. Um, and so that's what I appreciate about what I'm doing, because it's not, you know, it's one thing to share my story it's another, and, and to have people on and, and you know, commiserate and, and just, you know, delve into our issues. It's, it's also, you know, I never want people to be fooled in the fact that, like, just because I'm in a better place now, maybe I'm in a better place than some of the people who are listening or even that I'm interviewing, it does not mean that I'm out of the water and that, you know, my life is complete or, you know, just because I'm doing good doesn't mean I don't have bad thoughts or whatever. So, um, you know, it, it's it's okay to show your imperfections and it's okay to, you know, show all the bumps that have happened along your journey.
2: Yeah, I, an analogy that I share with my clients, which is very important to realize is, There's actually two. The first one is, we're born perfect. Look at a newborn. You would never think of anything horrendous, disgusting or horrible. You'd not have a judgment on the newborn. We haven't changed. We're still that newborn. There's still a part of us that's that newborn, but some parts of us have been severely wounded and hurt and traumatized. So it's not that we're not perfect. It's that we have traumas, we have hurts, we have pain. We have things that we've hold, held on to and we hold on to. And it's learning what they are and forgiving ourselves for it and letting it go. Does it mean to say that we're going to let them all go at once? No. Does it mean to say that we're going to heal all of once? No, it takes time. But we are perfect. But we're also imperfect. As I said, we live in, the law, we live in a world that runs on the law of polarity. So there's always going to be perfect and imperfect. But fundamentally, we're all perfect. We have a heart and we, I deeply believe that we all care about one another. We just are so severely wounded and hurt that we can't show it. Because we are protecting ourselves and hiding ourselves from what we're feeling. And when you do that, you become numb. And when you're numb, it looks like you don't care about anybody else but yourself. And that's what I believe is true. And the other thing that I want to share is that, again, back to the newborn baby. You don't suddenly see a newborn baby walking out of a crib and walking. There's a process. They have to sit up. They have to stand up. They have to crawl. And then they'll pull themselves up and they'll try and walk. And then one day they'll walk and they never give up. They're focused on that they're going to walk and they don't ever think, I'm not going to walk. I'm not good enough. I'm not going to be able to do that. Yeah. Do they? No. It's the same for every single human being. And if you can't walk, you find that analogy in a way that suits you and that is profound for you because it's the same with speaking. It's the same with seeing. It's the same with everything. Every part of a newborn, if you look at that part of them, that resonates with you and see it's a process. A newborn baby didn't wake up with their eyes wide open and could see everything. A newborn baby didn't wake up and they could hear everything and understand everything. A newborn baby wasn't able to talk. It's a process. It takes time. And that's how it is in life. Everything takes time. But we're impatient and we want instant gratification and that is why we take drugs because we don't want to feel what we're experiencing now. We're trying to escape from it. Mm -hmm. And there's no right, wrong, good or bad. We've all done it and we will all do it. But it's knowing where you're going to draw the line and go, you know what? I've hidden from this long enough. I've pretended to myself long enough. Now is the time to heal. And there's no right, wrong, good or bad when that is. There's no judgment. Don't judge yourself. It is when it is. There might be things that you have to experience and feel. There might be a place that you need to get to before you can look at that stuff. And that's okay. Give yourself permission to not be perfect. Give yourself permission to be perfect. Give yourself permission to take time to heal. Give, you, give yourself permission to be impatient and go, I just want to be better now. You have to accept everything. You can't hold back on anything or begrudge anything or have shame around anything. It is what it is. And when you get to that place, that's when you truly heal. That's where profound healing happens when you just go, you know what? It is what it is.
1: Yeah,
2: I am imperfect and I am perfect. Yeah. I'm going to fuck up and I'm going to do great things. I'm going to do everything because I'm learning.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of the best people I've, I've met in my life have been through a lot of crap. Um, and most of the people that I've met that are, I wouldn't say the shittiest of people, but the people that are most closed-minded and just ignorant to what feelings and empathy and all these things that a lot that are these qualities that are hard to obtain. Um, those are the people that have had things either handed to them or their yeah, you know, their life has just been easier. Um whereas they should be more grateful and happy that their life has been so privileged and so, you know, great but and well off. But the people that have been through the worst of times that have seen, you know, I've said before, like the the you find a lot of beauty in the darkest of places. It's just yeah. You don't realize it until it's all over with and you pull yourself out of it and you go like, wow, because you, you know, it's hard to, you know, you know, like we, we take so much for granted. It's like we take our freedom for granted. Then you go to jail, even if it's for 24 hours and you go like, oh my God, I can't do what I want to do anymore. And you go like, you think of the most basic things that you cannot do. Like you can't just take a shower when you want. You know, you can't eat what you want. You can't, even if it's the, you know, a bowl of cereal or whatever, you know, oh, I can't, you know, whatever, brush my eyebrows or whatever horse shit people do. Like you can't do that and you take that for granted and, that, and then it translates down to like with people with disabilities. It's like, yeah, like you take your sight for granted or you take your, your mobility for granted or your hearing or, or whatever it is your condition is. And, you know, you, you but when, when you lose something, and you're a person, especially the people who have lost it somewhere in their life and haven't been born with it, you really grow appreciation of, of what else you have. And you look around and you say, like, OK, like for me, like I'm not living this lavish life. I do OK financially. I have my own place. Uh, it's an apartment, It's a one bedroom apartment, but it's got decent room. And, you know, I can buy everything that I for the most part, within reason, I can buy pretty much anything I want. Um, and I have a beautiful cat and, you know, I have some good friends and I can meet people like you by doing this podcast and I can afford the equipment to do this podcast. And it's like, end of the day, it's like, man, like there's so many people that are struggling in so many ways that it's like, what the hell am I so sad about? Yes, my eyes suck and I have chronic pain and all these things, but you know what? I'm pulling through and I'll find a way around it. Like I always do. Um, you know, not every day is going to be great, but you know. I'll be alright and, and usually the people that can come to those terms and can figure that stuff out are the people who have just been at the at the bottom, at, at the worst of places.
2: I agree. I think I think sometimes humans only grow through suffering, through pain. Yeah. I think that we take so much for granted and we are very fortunate in the US and in Australia and in the UK we're very bloody fortunate and when you come from a fortunate country where you have not had to walk miles for water you have not had to really feel deprivation you almost have this um, expectation that it should always be there and sometimes we have to experience deprivation and that deprivation could be knowing who you are, deprivation of being able to understand who you are, the experiences around you, maybe your relationships are not good, maybe your health's not good, maybe you lose a child, maybe your child has autism, maybe, you know, all sorts of stuff because that's what you are here to learn. We don't just come here for no reason. There's a reason why we're here and it's to learn lessons and it's to understand and appreciate how beautiful planet Earth is and how we mistreat it and how we mistreat ourselves and how we mistreat others. That's what we're here to do. But we get so lost in our own pain and suffering that we forget why we're here. And it's to come through those and be stronger and stand in your own power and go, you know what, no matter what happens, I know that I'll get back up. I don't know when and I don't know how, but I know that I'll get back up. And I know that I will learn from this and I will be a different person. And just by me being a different person, I'm going to be that pebble in the pond. I'm going to have a ripple effect and I'm going to share my wisdom. I'm going to share my knowledge and I'm going to help people. And I am not going to judge people anymore because I have been to the darkest depths. And who am I to judge? Who am I to judge another human being? It's about staying in your own lane and looking after yourself and showing up the best that you can. And no matter what that is, and some days that might be, I don't want to get out of bed, and that's fine. And some days you may want to help your neighbor. You may want to do some beautiful acts of kindness. Doesn't matter. Just show up and be yourself and accept who you are on that day and know that you're hurting and you're in pain and you're healing and it hurts to heal. It hurts to heal. It's not comfortable. It takes a while. It really is it takes a while it does i didn't learn how to walk again in like two or three days it was horrendous three times i had to learn how to walk again i was pregnant the last time and an operation I, i was unable to walk i taught myself how to walk again the pain was still there i had a procedure it went wrong i lost the use of my leg again i had to learn how to walk again and this is not like two or three weeks this is months and months of pushing myself and hating myself and abusing myself and then forgiving myself and on this torment of a journey, tormenting myself for not being good enough. Yeah. When I realized, you know what, whose bar am I measuring it against? Because yeah. this bar keeps moving. No matter how far I progress and how much I grow and expand, there's another bar. I've got to reach that. I've got to reach that. I've got to reach that. And I'm like, and accept myself for who I am right now and it became so much easier to heal yeah
1: and, so I, I'm, much easier. and I'm sure even even on the third time after going through it twice even if it's something different you, even the third time you were questioning will it ever be the same or will I ever be able to walk again like it doesn't matter you could go through it 15 times I'm sure you're still going to question yourself because that's how mental health works that's how your mind just When your mind always, there's always a part of your mind that wants to go to the worst parts and it just needs something to back it up. And when obviously something like that happens, it's like, aha, see, I told you, told you this was going to happen again.
2: Exactly right. And I have actually worked out what that is and why our brain does that. And that's what I teach people. We do that because it's our fear. It's our greatest fear. Our greatest fear is will we abandon ourselves? Will we kill ourselves? Will we be? Able, will we run away? Will we die? And that part of our mind will visit there until you visit there yourself. And you don't want your mind taking you there. You take yourself there and go. I took, I've took. i taken myself there many times, TJ, many times where I've been like, I, w- and I was like, I can't believe I've done this two or three times. There's still parts of me that fear that I am going to end my life. And when I just kept going in, I know now that I want. But it took a lot of me going down to see myself and my life and what, my, what it would look like and how it would experience it and how I would do it and how it would impact my family. I've had to do that four or five times. Yeah. And it's not pretty and it's not beautiful. But you know what? That voice stops. That voice stops. That voice does not come back. And it hasn't come back for a long, long time a you, long long
1: time do you think you recover quicker though like you know even though you, you go down to like the depths of hell for a minute is it is it a longer process to come up or do you feel like you can recover quicker mentally
2: I can recover it in seconds sometimes and in other instances it's minutes sometimes it might be an hour just depends on what it is right. but yeah I recover very quickly now and that's what I teach people how to bounce back very quickly You don't need to be in it for days, months, weeks, years. However, you can pull yourself out of it. You've just got to recognize that you're in it. Accept it, not fight it. Sit with it. Sometimes it can just evaporate, dissolve within seconds. Sometimes (laughs) it needs time. But you must sit with it. You must sit with it. You cannot hide from that art. You can't. It will consume you at some point. It's best to choose to go in it yourself rather than be plunged into it. So when you're experiencing it, you feel it. Yeah. And you say, I'm safe. And you say to yourself, I am safe. Even though I'm experiencing this and every part of me right now doesn't feel safe, I know that I'm safe. And that's called the communicate. So in psychotherapy, it's creating this part of you that can pull yourself out of your situation and circumstance and see it for what it is. And when you see it for what it is, you're not giving your power away to it because you're observing it. You're not in it. And when you're not in it, you can actually see the truth of what you're experiencing and you're not judging yourself. Right.
1: So yeah. uh, I wanted to, to give an example. Something I haven't talked about here is the one one of the things I haven't because it was something that I was, and I've talked about it on other people's shows and so on. So one of the things, so when I was, and I've, I've talked about the beginning part of this, but so when I was in school, I was molested by a, um, a nurse and you know, it happened to me and, and I end up realizing it like 20 some years later because I suppressed it for so long one of the things that I hated myself for so long is when I was 12 years old, I didn't know any better. So I was I was touched when I was like, I don't know, it was nine or 10 or whatever it was. So I didn't know any better. So then there was a girl in the neighborhood. So I started touching her. She was like six years old. I was about 12. And so I hated myself for so long. I eventually talked about it in therapy and eventually started to come to terms with the fact that I was so broken and so like because I was bullied and I had teachers who. Uh, made me sit in my feces and all that. And and so I was bullied by not only students, but also teachers. So I I was in so much mental pain and I did not know what sexually was correct and what wasn't. So when I even watched pornography, I wasn't looking at anything for any young girls or I was looking at adults. It was, I was just wanting someone to be nice to me. And when someone was nice to me, I thought, okay, well, these people were kind of nice to me and they touched me. So I was like, okay, I'll touch this person. And then I got caught and you know it i immediately started wanting to kill myself and all these things but eventually it was kind of the best thing that ever happened because of course if you think that's normal and you continue to do it um this is kind of like back to like what you were saying with the kids like if you're you're so innocent and you are kind of you're not necessarily perfect but you're you're you have a clean sheet and then as the time goes on so it, it, the direction that you're going to go in is kind of depending on the experiences that you have. And so when I was told or when I, when this stuff happened to me and I started passing it on to this person, again, I, I hated myself forever. And I'm not saying I still don't have some sort of whatever, but I realized I was too young and I realized that I was, um, you know, I didn't know any better. And when I was told that I was wrong, I never did it again. I never even desired it, never considered it. And but if you if you don't come to terms with that because that ate me alive for so long I hated myself and I wanted to just there's parts of me that died inside because I just knew that it was wrong and so on and if you don't um, again again I'm sharing this on a platform that people will hear but I've, I've shared just about all that story except for that one part and I you know I hated myself for so long I couldn't even talk about it to anyone and then I finally said it to someone and I realized like I'm not saying it wasn't bad. But it was like, it wasn't what I made it in my head. And it wasn't that I was trying to give myself all the excuses in the world, but it's like, what the hell am I supposed to do with a 12-year-old that was molested, you know, abused, and, and all these different things that happened to me? And I'm supposed to just know what's right and what's wrong um, and how I recovered from it. It's like, I don't like, you know, kind of what you were saying with, you know, what we were talking about, like how you recovered faster. It's like now when things happen to me, like it bounces off. And I'm not saying that I don't have my days where I'm down and all that, but I've had so much shit happen that it's like, man, like maybe I I, I think it's a good thing that it's just like, okay, how are we going to deal with this today? Um, you know, maybe the, the negative stuff just, I don't want to say it's the normal, but for me, I kind of look for it and I go, okay, how do we deal with this? And I solve it. But, um, you know, so I I shared that story just to put it out there. As far as you know, if you don't, if you're if you're not honest with every bit of you, good or bad, sad, the worst of parts, the best of parts, if you're not honest about it, you're you're not going to live your life properly. You're going, you know, if you have some deep seated skeletons, um, it's going to eat you a lot. It just is.
2: Absolutely, I can't agree anymore, and. The thing that I want to end on today, CJ, is hurt people hurt people. Yeah. When we are hurt, we hurt other people. Yeah. And when you're a child, you look to adults to mimic their behaviours on what is socially acceptable and right. You don't know that. We don't know that as children. We look to other people for cues on how to respond and react. it
0: yeah.
2: is what it is. Hurt people hurt people. it's just a matter of fact and for myself I never really hurt people intentionally I didn't hurt anyone and I don't think most people do hurt people intentionally they just can't see it yeah and what I did is I came from an abusive childhood I was abused by my mom my mom had mental health issues and I was her punch bag and um I saw the damage that my mum's hurt did to me, that I decided not to hurt another human being and hurt myself instead. And that's why, by the age of 35, I was disabled. I'd learned how to walk in three times. I had three autoimmune diseases. I'd, I had two nervous breakdowns, PTSD, depression, anxiety, because I wasn't able to look inside of myself for all the hurt and all, all the abuse. yeah that's why you have to face it all you have to see it all and you have to accept it all you cannot reject any part of you no matter what it's done you just must remember inside hurt people hurt people I must have been deeply wounded to have done that to that person or to have done that to myself I must have been so hurt and scared and frightened that I didn't know what else to do and this was the only thing that I knew what to do in that moment was it right Possibly not. Could I have done better? Possibly so. But it is what it is. There's nothing can be done now. Yeah. I'm has past. You can't change the past, but what you can do is change who you are in the present moment and that will change your future. If you live in the past, you will recreate it in the moment and you'll re- recreate it in the future. You've got to put the past behind you. You need to see it for what it is. Let it go and be in the present moment deciding I'm going to be the best person that I can possibly be for myself because it's got to start with yourself you can't look to other people you've got to be the best person for yourself in the beginning because for other people it's too much and you're not doing it for yourself you must do things for yourself and I know in the beginning stages I did it for myself but I did it for my son and that's okay but you must always include yourself yeah always
1: and be open that we're all susceptible to any trauma like it's no matter how old you are how young you are like there's again i've always said it's it's, it's you know whether you make a left or right depending on the situation and again sometimes you don't know which is the right way to go um and sometimes you do and you still make the wrong decision but you know it it, it just anything you know like with just what we were just talking about like if you pass certain things on to someone they're probably going to pass it on to their children and they may pass it on to their children. Like you you yeah. have to find a way to cut the chain. Um,
2: yes, yeah. absolutely. Responsibility. You must take responsibility. It is not your fault. What has happened to you in the past is not your fault, but it's your responsibility mm-hmm. to make sure that you've not recreated the future generations. Right. That is the biggest lesson that I've learned in life. Just because I was abused by my mom does not give me the God-given right to abuse my son. Because I know inside of me why my mom did it. I have forgiven her. So there's no reason for me to forward and deal and cope in that way. I've taken responsibility for it. I've completely taken responsibility. And that's what you've got to do. And someone has to tell you that. Sometimes you don't know to do that for yourself. And that's why, TJ, I came on here. Because sometimes we need to be told by other people that you've got to take responsibility not your fault but it is your responsibility your life is your responsibility it's not anyone else's it's yours yeah you've got to take that responsibility on or you'll never ever heal and you'll just be a victim of your life and you'll make everybody else around you miserable as well as yourself
1: but also don't forget like when you're a certain age like if you have kids you also are responsible for them Obviously, when they get to a certain of age, yes, they're responsible for themselves, but there's a certain point, especially when they're infants, they can't live without you. They, they can roll over and smother themselves. So any trauma that's done to them or seen in, you know, if you, you know, if you're with a, an abusive husband, let's say, and he's beating you and they're five, they may see that and if they're a boy, that may somehow be deep seated in their brain and they may want to beat their next girlfriend uh, or maybe they want to hurt you as the mother. Like you, you can't. You, you know, you're not only responsible for yourself at that point, you're also responsible for the kids and, you know, obviously, you know, pets and all that, but you know, you have to really, yeah, responsibility is a big thing. And, and, you know, I especially in this country, there's so many bad parents. They're just, their kids now are just taking on their traits or reacting to certain things that their parents are putting on them. And they're, they're doing the opposite, but even the opposite is just as bad or if not worse. And there's just no guidance and, you know, again, responsibility, if you don't take care of yourself and and you don't put good people in your life, like I have a lot of people with my family, I've, I've cut the chain on so many different things. There's still, there's some people in my life that I find are decent people, but they aren't the greatest of people and they have good qualities. So I, you know, I morphed and, and, you know, kind of like a chameleon. I took some of those qualities and blended in with that, but I also deleted all the shitty ones because I don't want to have that to me so i want to be my own individual i don't want to have i don't want to just be you know just part of the gene pool and just have everything that they have i want to be my own self um and so you know i want to try to be you know and and when i now say that i'm a disability and mental health advocate and i'm advocating for this stuff i can't just get on here and do the opposite um you know, I have to I have to be honest with my story because how am I supposed to have people like you on who are so honest and share their story? I can't expect you to be that way if I'm not like that myself. Um, and I can't advocate Absolutely. for people. Like, man, I can't advocate for people like us. I can't advocate people for dis for people with disabilities and be ashamed of my disability entirely and hate people with disabilities or whatever. No, like I have to live my truth and I have to, you know, portray every bit of what I go through to you know make the story more impactful and and to you know get more people to you know you know idolize or just you know appreciate it and hopefully inspires them to get up and do something and they don't have to do a podcast they can just do it in their own way in their own little neighborhood their own country their own town whatever and just make their small difference and that's all we need we just need more people to take control of themselves and put that Once they learn to accept and love themselves, they need to kind of put that same energy back into the world. Yeah.
2: Couldn't agree more. Uh,
1: um, Before we kind of wrap up, can, uh, so, I mean, obviously, you know, we can kind of point to it, but what, what made you really get into what you do now?
2: Multiple reasons. The first is just living a life of suffering. And when I realized that, We don't need to do that. It's self-imposed. We don't need to have a life of suffering. We can actually get through it. We don't need to live every day in pain, in anguish, in suffering, in fear. We can actually live an amazing, incredible life. Yes, there will be times that you'll experience those things, but they're times. They're not your life. And um, the other thing is I realized that there's not a lot of help out there that actually works for people in pain mental, physical, or emotional, there's not a lot of help out there that actually works. It's follow my methodology. I know what I'm doing. It doesn't work. We're all uniquely different. We see and perceive things differently. And I thought, you know what? I want to teach people how to heal themselves because I've healed myself from so much stuff. I've helped my son heal from all sorts of things as well, from all of the drugs that I was on when I was pregnant. It actually impacted him on a health perspective and I've helped him through... And I started to realize, you know what? I believe that everything that I've gone through, all of the horrendous health issues, almost um, dying multiple times through negligence of the hospital, that it was all for a reason. It wasn't just because I was meant to experience this, that my life was meant to be hard. And that's the lens that I used to see it through. And now I see it through the lens of without those experiences, I wouldn't be who I am. Without those experiences... I wouldn't care so much about people in the world. Without those experiences I wouldn't have nowhere near have had such a profound impact on the world and I want to leave the world a better place than when I arrived and I know without a shadow of a doubt if I have not experienced the things I experienced in my life, there's no way I could have done that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for the shit that's being thrown at me in life because it's made me powerful. It's made me have integrity, honesty, and um, it's just helped me be a better person, yeah. without a doubt.
1: It's a, it's almost like a survival guide to how to really get through this world because, it's um, yeah yeah. If you don't go through it, I mean, again, like you're not grateful for a thing, you're not empathetic to what other people are going through. Like I, I'm not sitting here and saying every homeless person I bump into, I automatically give them money, but. I'm sad for them. I feel their pain. Like I don't, I, you know, any person with a disability or any person just, you know, got a limp or so I try to do what I can to help people. I try to just be kind to others. And again, I'm not always the best person I can be. Uh, And that's how I know the people that are in my life that I do genuinely love. I know they're the people I need to keep around because even when I'm at my worst, they still stick around. Um, But, but it's like, you know, it's, there's so much evil and so much shitty things that are going on right now, especially with all, since this pandemic crap, that it's like, you know, when you, when you actually have a good, uh, you know, conversation or just a good event that happens somewhere at the grocery store or doctor's office, you just have a nice little interaction with someone. It's like, oh, that was refreshing. It's like, yeah, wow, that person was delightful. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's becoming, you know, far from between as far as we're starting to have, you know, so many, I'm somebody, excuse me. I'm having so many bad experiences with people where it's just like, Oh, if you're not wearing a mask or you are wearing a mask, people are entitled in certain ways and they feel like you got to do this and do that. And it's like, man, like, look, man, I don't, I don't care what side you lean on. Just, just be nice. Jesus Christ. There's so much crap going on. People are dying everywhere. And there's so many other things that are happening beyond COVID and we're just neglecting it, and people are suffering and struggling, and in, in so many ways that it's like, man, like, just try to be good. We're not all in the best places mentally, physically, and emotionally, but let's just try. Like Jesus, like it's, it's, like I said, I'm not sitting here coming on. And I know you aren't. Like we're not coming on here telling you, like, you know, we're the we're the greatest, nicest people you'll ever meet on um, every, you know, every second of the day. It's no, I'm not sometimes I'm just like a recluse and I'm socially awkward and I stick to myself, but I don't ever take it out on people. I don't mistreat people. Um, I don't go out into the world and just look for trouble or look for, you know, just how can I screw with somebody? I mainly just, if when I'm in those positions or in that mindset, I just go, eh, I just won't really say much. I won't really give any energy off. Like just, just leave me alone, but I'm not still not going to be mean to you just cause that's not in nature who I am. Um, and so yeah, we just again—it's just putting good energy into this crazy, ridiculous world we live in. But we're all like, like I said, you and I are talking and we're breathing. So I don't know, like that's that's it's damn sure something.
2: And I think that we possibly may be helping people in our own unique way.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, do yeah. you like? I know you have all these services and stuff, but like, do you do you have a website? Do you have a book? Like, what what do you do? You have something yeah. to
2: promote? Um, so you can go to alleviate pain. So A W L E V I A T E pain P A I N dot com dot A U forward slash freebies. I have so many free stuff on there. Go on there, get some meditations. And the meditations are not the meditations that you'll have heard of before. This is deeply profound, scientifically proven stuff to help regulate your brain and your um, heart together when they're in sync you're less likely to have anxiety and you're less likely to lash out. So there's that freebie there. There's a diary included in there and just join up and get free stuff. I am not here to force anybody to come and work with me. If you resonate, work with me. If you don't, that's fine. If you want to follow me, I have a Facebook community, which is um, healyourself.dc. That's the Facebook community. Come on there. I give free tools and techniques, a free training every Thursday, and, yeah, I'm here to impart wisdom and share what I've gone through. And if you want to go deeper, then you can book in and see myself or the other coaches that I have. Or you can buy an online program where you teach yourself at your own pace. It's entirely up to you. But I would encourage you, if you are listening to this, at least go on to, um, the freebies section and listen to that. It's a three-minute meditation. You do that every day. It's going to help you dissipate your anxiety going to help you to be in control of it yeah absolutely
1: yeah hold on let me uh
2: put my headphone cord
1: out um no I will definitely support you because I want to look into it myself um but yeah I mean I think that can definitely help a lot of people because you know, look people are struggling in every way I mean we're going through you know again I don't know all the holidays and everything you guys celebrate but you know we're going through Christmas and, and there's a shortage of a lot of products and not every and, and beyond that people not everyone has money to buy their kids everything they want or you know or anything. Um, there's a lot of people don't even have parents. There's you know there's people who are just struggling so much and it's like man like any way you can do your part in this world and just give someone some you know one or two people out here just something to help them get through the next day is amazing. So, um, I think people just automatically think that you have to do something extraordinary, but you can do so much with very little if you really put your mind to it. And, um, you know, obviously what you're doing is great. And, you know, I love what you do. And I, I thank you for obviously coming on, but being just so honest with what you've gone through.
2: More than welcome, TJ. More than welcome. Um, thank you. Yeah. And you sure show- of course.
1: I hope you keep in touch. I'd like to, you know, just talk and, you know, hopefully we just help support each other. But just in general, just keep uh, talking. And you know, it's always nice to know there's someone else out there just fighting and uh, doing some good.
2: Sounds
1: good. All right. Well. You take care. Yeah. You take care as well, and uh, we'll we'll talk soon.
2: All right. All right. Bye, TJ. Bye.
1: All right, guys, that was really nice. Um, It's funny she says all that about pain, and my back is killing me. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, but, yeah, Um, but I'm definitely going to look into her site and uh, pour some BioFreeze on my back. But um, I got to get ready for for work in the morning, so I got to take a shower and just, you know, get my clothes around. And, um, yeah, so I hope everyone has a good, good week and, you know, just everybody, just take care of yourselves, man. It's, I know not everything's perfect, and yeah, I know some are struggling and have less, but you're alive, so we'll find a way. See you guys later.